getting some tips on how to uh, ripen avocados faster or fruit in general. Closed paper bag with another piece of ripe fruit like a banana to speed ripen. Aluminum foil wrap is just going to preserve it longer. Thanks, Colin, from the Caribou. Mm, very good. Yeah, I like the suggestions. <laughs> I usually get like avocados in different stages when I buy them. Yeah. You know, I usually get like two at a time. Different stages? Yeah. So one's like pretty green and one's like kind of in between. Yes. So then like the one I have at home, by the time that one finishes, yeah. the next one's ready. And by the time the second one finishes, the third one's ready. Mm. There's like a There's like a science to it. Might be a guac and chips night with Monday Night Football. <laughs> it's uh, Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. Let's uh, welcome in our next guest. Continuing through our Pacific Division previews from The Athletic, it is Eric Stevens. Thanks for this, Eric. How are you? I'm a good guy. How are you doing today? Uh, we're doing well. We're doing well. Getting ready for uh, for the hockey season is, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's like this for you. It's like you get excited for preseason. And it's like you see a couple of preseason games. It's like, okay, let's can we get to the real games now? Um, I, I think after a couple periods, I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So same, same for all of us. That sounds uh, yeah, definitely it's good to watch the young guys for a while or whatsoever. And then after a while, it's like, all right, let's get this thing rolling. <laughs> all right. This is not uh, the NHL hockey I was expecting. Uh, so let's, uh, let's get to <laughs> night one of the season. It's uh, it's been an interesting off season for uh, the, the Anaheim ducks. And uh, you know, they're definitely still very much going through the rebuild. And, you know, I, you know, given, Trevor Zegras's uh, profile, at least as a star around the league, I would have thought that the Ducks would be jumping at the chance to give him a long-term contract. Obviously, it didn't play out that way. He signed a three-year deal today, bridge contract. Uh, what do you make of how the negotiations played out and why the Ducks, or if this is how you feel or what you know, um, wh why were they a little bit hesitant to go long-term with Trevor Zegras? Well, you know what, um, you know, that's a good question. Okay. And you almost have to take the word star and really define it when it comes to Trevor Zegris right now, at least. And he is definitely a star on his team. Okay. There's, I don't think there's any question of it. I mean, they're leading score. He's already their marketable franchise face and, and whatnot, and, and he's still a player that uh, everyone sees still has vast upside. But when you say, you know, to, you know, with regard to the league, you know, whatsoever, I think there's still levels that um, he needs to show in order to get, um, you know, into that say that say that stratosphere. As I've been going through today, or whatsoever, you know, you, you see like how his good friend Jack Hughes has become that legitimate star, that legitimate NHL star whatsoever. And I think Trevor Zegers is, is someone that maybe he can get to that, um, um, but, uh, but, but, but isn't there yet. And so I think this whole contract negotiation is, that, that, Pat, that Verbeek had is sort of reflective uh, on that. Um, you know, there, there, there was the kind of the quiet, you know, undercurrent of, you know, is, is Trevor Zegas really his guy? Is, is, is he Pat Verbeek's guy, you know, in terms of being a core foundation piece, um, you know, for the Ducks rebuild here going forward? He answered that. He, he answered that in the affirmative. And so, 
uh, you know, maybe that sort of nipped the, you know, that in the butt. But you know what? Listen, he, he also had the hammer in these negotiations, and he's shown that he's learned from Steve Arzman well. And I, Steve Arzman didn't hand out seven- and eight-year deals at first blush, <laughs> typically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in his years in Tampa and, you know, maybe, you know, with, with Detroit. Um, and so in this case, with an, with an RNA, even of Zegras' stature whatsoever, he was going to be, he was willing to grind away to, you know, at least make the best deal that he feels comfortable making right now. But you know what? It's three years. This opens up the opportunity for Trevor himself to, um, you know, to, to really, you know, ball out, so to speak, mm-hmm. and set himself up for a massive deal if he reaches that all-star level. I think it's easy because of how flashy Trevor Zegers is, and he's already a star, and he's, he's getting some notoriety that people look at him as, oh, maybe this guy's too distracted. Maybe he's, he's too worried about being fancy, not being a good hockey player. How much of that is narrative, and how much of that is there are things in that regard he can't improve? Well, you know what? I, I, yeah, there's, there's a narrative aspect to that, you know, and, you know, look, everyone, you know, we all are going to make our own narrative, you know, about, you know, people, players, individuals, whatsoever. Okay. Um, this, this, I can say, I, I do believe that uh, Trevor is committed to being a better all around player to, to be um, a better defensive player to, um, a better, you know, a, m- a more detailed player, you know, especially at, at center, um, you know, which is obviously a tough position to, uh, you know, star at in the NHL. Uh, you know, and there's a lot obviously required of that p- position. Um, but a- as Pat said, uh, you know, earlier today, um, he feels like Trevor is all in on that. Um, and there's, there's going to be a demand, uh, you know, whether from new coach, uh, Greg Cronin, who, who has a decidedly defensive profile. Um, certainly Pat himself wants Trevor to be a better two-way player. Um, and I do think that, you know, I, I, he, Trevor's a competitor, okay? He, he's a competitor. I think it's going to even show more as these years go on, especially as Anaheim starts to get better. Um, and, and I do think that he really wants to commit himself to – doing all the things that it takes to, to be a real, a real NHL star and not just a guy that's, uh, you know, maybe going to fill up a uh, highlight reels. What's the latest with uh, Jamie Drysdale, the other big uh, negotiation going on for Pat Verbeek right now? Yeah. You know what? It's, it's status quo right now. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, P- Pat typically does not uh, discuss his, uh, you know, dis- discuss his contract dealings. Um, it's been pretty quiet uh, on the other side as of late, um, and uh, you know it, it, this is this is a real grind here. Um, and I, I and, I, and I, I will say I'm a bit more surprised actually at this one as opposed to uh, you know the deal for Zegras. You know I thought that that would you know take some you know take some back and forth certainly, and and that they would arrive at something. But um, you know this one has surprised me a little bit more just in the sense of. Uh, Jamie, not you know, he, he played only eight games last year. He had he had the torn labrum in his shoulder. Um, he had a promising rookie season. Um, it, it contained some flaws, but also contained a, a lot of promise. And he's certainly going to be viewed as a uh, a top four defenseman, uh, you know, for this club 
you know, when he does get, get back on the ice. Um, so, you know, is it a thing of where uh, the ask is, you know, based on what he did as a rookie two years ago, or, you know, is, is, is it, you know, more, you know, well, this, you know, this is a player that didn't play last year, basically, and still, you know, needs to, um, you know, still needs to show more, I guess, uh, in his game. I think that's where, you know, sort of the separation really lies uh, there in between and, and not being able to get this done in a more prompt manner. So it was a tough year for Anaheim last year. And if I rewind back to 12 months ago, it felt like, you know, after they signed John Klingberg and some of the things that they did in the offseason, you know, there was some wonder if, if the Ducks could be about a 500 team and, and start working their way up the standings. It obviously didn't play out that way. And now they've got a new head coach and continue to work towards the future and have it pretty bright after adding Leo Carlson to an already great prospect mix. But what is the hope for the Ducks this year and where they should be trending? Well, certainly for starters, they, they, they've got to destroy, display a better brand of hockey. Um, you know, what, what you saw last year was, uh, you know, on too many nights, downright abysmal. Um, it was pond hockey a lot the, of nights, Eric. Yeah. No, it, 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 I mean, it, it's really, it, it, you know, the defense, I think everyone was embarrassed with uh, how, uh, you know, they were uh, defensively. And, you know, this team was out of it. I mean, got off to an awful start. This team was out of it in October, basically, uh, whatsoever. So, and, and the rest of the year was basically playing for, you know, playing not to, you know, not to lose, get out of, uh, you know, great lottery position. So, uh, you know, to, for starters, a much better brand of hockey. Uh, you know, I think Greg Cronin is going to, um, you know, be someone. He, he's certainly going to be more demanding. He's already indicated that uh, from the get-go, particularly on this younger core that's being put assembled and put together, um, that they're going to uh, play a more detailed brand of hockey, uh, especially on the uh, you know defensive side of it. Um, and and I think what's realistic, you know, for Anaheim is um, to you know just to simply be much more competitive on more evenings. No one is saying that, that, that this is a playoff team. Uh, it, no one is saying that. Um, but, you know, is this a team that at least can stay relevant, say, through, you know, American Thanksgiving, you know, or, or even Christmas uh, or so? Uh, you know, if they get off to a solid start, you know, and, and build some momentum, then sure. I, I, you could see where there can be enough improvement to where, they can at least play at a near 500 level, you know, something that, that, that will show that this rebuild is going in the right direction. Final thing on the ducks, um, Leo Carlson, the guy drafted after Connor Bedard, uh, is he uh, going to be on the roster? Does he still have a shot to make this team? Um, I think he has a shot, uh, certainly. And, um, you know, I, I think he had, to, even if they were at full strength, I think he was certainly going to have a shot and be given that shot, you know, whether it's nine games or, or, you know, or whatsoever. I, I, I think, I think he showed enough in the rookie camp. Um, and, and also even in this preseason, uh, you know, to be, to, to warrant given it, uh, being given a shot. Um, what also helped his case too was, um, they lost third-line center Isaac Lundestrom uh, uh, in the offseason to a torn Achilles. Uh, he's going to be out for at least the first half of the year. 
And then with another forward, you know, their new big free agent acquisition, Alex Kalorn, uh, you know, breaking his finger. I know he obviously plays on a wing, different position, uh, you know, but you take another, uh, you know, another top six forward out of the mix. Um, I, I, that, that in itself, you know, those two just opens up more pathways for, um, for them to, to, to get a look at Leo, you know, at the, you know, in real games. Uh, you know, here. And uh, like I said, if if it looks like he's overwhelmed or so uh, after the first few and whatsoever, you know, they can play him up to nine games and then, uh, and then decide if, uh, you know, if, if the AHL or, or even, uh, you know, heading back to his, uh, you know, Swedish club um, is, is the better, is the bet, you know, which is the better option going to be for his de- uh, development. Well, the other team in the area is the LA Kings, and I I think it's fair to say they have far greater expectations and standards for their season coming up this year, and they're off the heels of making a pretty massive trade up front, getting Pierre-Luc Dubois, but also they pretty much rebuilt their back end. Is there... What do you make of the amount of turnover the LA Kings roster truly had over the course of this offseason? You know, it's a a, a little bit surprising, maybe in the amount of it, um, but that's not to say that uh, it wasn't necessary. Um, uh, at least with the with the back end, you know, I, I think all along there, there was going to be an element of that. Uh, West- you know, they they, they, they still needed, uh, you know, need to or needed to, you know, maybe get uh, a, a little stiffer, uh, a little bit bigger, uh, uh, you know, there on the back end. Now they're they are solidified in the top four with with resigning uh, Vladislav Gavrikov. Um, he was a terrific addition, uh, uh, trade deadline addition. He fit in seamlessly uh, with this group, so they're set on the top four. The third pairing still kind of needs to be worked out, but there's certainly some promise, especially with youngsters. Uh, you know, either uh, Jordan Spence or Brant Clark. They're they're kind of fighting for that uh, that that third right side slot. Um, but then obviously, you know, you mentioned the the, the Dubois deal. And, uh, you know, that, that will be interesting how that plays out because I think they certainly looked at, you know, they're going to need to get by Edmonton. They're going to get, need to get by Vegas if they run into either of them, uh, you know, in another playoff series or, or whatsoever. I think they, there was a real understanding by Rob Blake that they had to improve, um, you know, uh, through the middle. And now it's, it's going to be expected to be a, a, a strength when you compare Dubois with Andre Kopitar, with uh, Philip Deneau. Um, Blake Lazat is a solid fourth line option. Um, you run those four through the middle. Um, that's a foursome that I, I would say is among the best, you know, in, in the league. Um, and when you're dealing with, you know, that two headed monster, especially, uh, uh, you know, in Edmonton and, um, you know, and others, and then obviously Vegas is very deep down the middle. You know, I think I think Rob said to himself, you know, this this is the time where um, if you're going to make noise in the playoffs, you, you know, you, you need to status quo wasn't going to get it done, that, that they needed to make a move to upgrade at that position. The flip side is, did they give up too much in terms of regular players or cut into the team too much um, to offset adding in the middle? We started to see uh, Quentin Byfield break out a little bit last year. I thought he struggled a little bit as well in the playoffs, but where can you see Quentin Byfield get this year? You know what? I, I, I do believe that 
um, he's going to uh, he's going to take a a real step forward, at least in the eyes of most who don't watch the Kings every night, you know, or regularly. I think some of those step, steps were already being taken forward last year, particularly in the second half when he was putting on a line with with, with Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. Um, he really fit very well. Those two really liked you know him playing on that line because he was willing to win win the puck battles, go into the corners. Um, he he he's a you know he's a great skater for his size. Uh, he's very tenacious you know, on the puck, and he can create turnovers. Now, obviously, he's got to be able to finish better. Um, they're all expecting that. You know, you, you, you can't play those kind of minutes, you know, the top line left wing and score three goals, uh, you know, over a full schedule. So um, as long as he stays healthy, which has been kind of an issue thus far in the early part of his career, but if he stays healthy, he's going to get a lot of opportunities uh, playing with those two guys um, and, and even, you know, getting some time on the second power play uh, to where, you know, I, I can I can see that I don't see him exploding, you know, say for, you know, into a 25, 30 goal score overnight or whatsoever. But can he reach, you know, double digger digits, maybe, you know, maybe near 20 goals and and, and really become someone um, that teams have to at least consider in their game plan? That will be a big step for for him. Eric, we, uh, we really appreciate the time. All the best. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, there was Eric Stevens uh, from The Athletic covering the Anaheim Ducks and the L.A. Kings. Uh, Kings built a pretty formidable roster, and I think it's a little bit easier to do, Sat, when you're only spending $2.5 bucks on goaltending. Yeah, I mean, and I think last year they had below average goaltending, but their team game was so strong it didn't matter. Yeah. But they got Corpusalo for the playoffs. And Corpusalo has had his ups and downs, but he's a legitimate starter in the National Hockey League. At times he's shown he can be an above average to maybe, you know, pretty good starter, but generally around the average standpoint, these guys may be below average as a tandem. Right. So yeah. do you need to address your goaltending again at the trade deadline potentially? Or is your team game strong enough? Now down the middle with Deneau, Kopitar, and Dubois, they should be able to dictate pretty much most games outside of maybe facing Colorado and facing, when they're healthy, and facing Edmonton in the West, maybe Vegas. Outside of that, it's like they're probably going to be dominant, you know, dominating with that forward group or at least those three lines. Maybe some wings, but even the third line, you throw a guy like Lazad on there. He's good defensively, for instance. Trevor yeah. Moore is also good as a two-way guy. So they're a perfect checking line anyway. So next thing you know, you have a strong top six or even top nine. And then on the back end, though, there's been a lot of turnover. Like, they have Gavrikov now, and, and they have Dowdy, of course. But they're not the most fleet back end. We'll see what Brand Clark does. We'll see how Spence fits in and everything. I just wonder if, if they can be as good defensively as a team this upcoming season. If they can be, I think they'll be fine. But I think there is a chance that that team game takes a slight step back, yeah. and goaltending actually is an issue for them. And if that's the case then that's a team that might have trouble launching into a true contender status. Right now on the back end, it's uh, Vlad Gavrikov, Drew Doughty, Mikey Anderson, Matt Roy, Andreas Englund, and Brant Clark, and of course Jordan Spence fighting for that other spot too. So, you know, it, it dries up a little bit after uh, those top three with Doughty, Gavrikov, and Mikey Anderson. So 
we'll see how it ends up playing out. Anderson and, and Dowdy have been a pretty good top pair together when they've yeah. played, but um, you know, Dowdy's not getting any younger, and you kind of wonder how it's going to look. But you know, the, as you mentioned, with what they can throw down the middle, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So that's what's going on. Now, I do wonder about Byfield. I thought he was really good on the wing last year yeah. towards the end of the season, playing on the top line. He really struggled in the playoffs. Some of his, you know, reads and decisions were just not there for mm-hmm. that level and it cost him a couple of times, but I mean, you see so much talent in this player and uh, I wonder if this is the year maybe that it pops offensively for Quinton Byfield, but given what they have down the middle, like, I don't know if this guy's going to play center in LA. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, but it's interesting because that's a team that's drafted very high and it's been known to have a really good prospect pool. And we talked about it, but they haven't had too many guys emerge yet. No, they've traded a couple right uh, in trades where they've used them as assets. Um, They've almost their entire rebuild was rebuilt just so that they could go out and use those assets for trade. Pretty much is how it's been used, but like a lot of their high end guys, I mean, we're waiting for Byfield, right? Yeah. Um, even Brand Clark, we're. I mean, he's still very young. This is the first year he's tur- turning pro, actually playing in the CHL last year. So it's it's still like he can still be a very good player, right? But Turcotte still hasn't been able to take that step. Bjorn Foot, who looked so promising, hasn't taken that step. Akil Thomas was on waivers because yeah. his eligible eligibility's run out, and he's Samuel a player. Fugemo just got claimed he, by Nashville. He, exactly, he's a guy they they thought very high highly of. Of course, right? They traded Helge Granz who we've always thought was an interesting pro- prospect. Bjorn Foot's going to qu- require waivers. We'll see if he gets moved. Jordan Spence is a guy they're, they're hopeful on and high on, but he's going to have to start you know, showing something this upcoming season. So like for all the draft picks they've had, like none of them have really panned out yet. No. Uh, Byfield hasn't hit the way you would hope a second, no. second overall pick hits. Uh, Arthur Kaliev hasn't. You know, he's shown some good things. He's shown some good things, but he's kind of you know just sort of settling as a middle six winger. I mean, they haven't drafted a single star yet. Yeah. Now, maybe it happens with Byfield, which should happen. It's a top two pick, right? It's not like, you know, but in terms of, and they have good scouts. They're known as a good system and a good development path, but none of it's really, it shows you that no matter how well acclaimed your class can be and how good your process might be and how much you invest in these things, it's still very hard to turn guys into really good players. Well, and, you know, a great example of how, like, you don't need to just develop them yourself. Make sure you capitalize on them as assets when better players become available, Kevin Fiala, Pierre Luc Dubois, yeah, and maybe the should have done, yeah, Brock Faber's a guy they moved yeah. out, you know, and you know, look look through the other prospects they moved, Velarde, who finally showed something, and they moved him to get Dubois, and it's not a bad thing. Just make sure you use those as assets because you're getting to the point now with guys like Turcotte, yeah, and you're gonna, you know, either he's a guy for you or he's gonna get picked up for free or nothing, or does he even have real trade value anymore? As for the Ducks, uh, we'll see. Uh, they were. Uh... One of the worst defensive teams I've ever watched <laughs> last year. I don't know. And you know what? Like, I the argument's been that's a team that's spending to the cap or spending to the floor. Yeah. But once they get um, Drysdale signed, they're going to have less than $10 million in cap space. It's still a lot of cap space, but it's not like, you know, we're we're going under, you know, as much as we possibly can, right? They gave Alex Kaloran in his 30s a big contract. Yeah. You know, they gave, gave Gudis a decent-sized contract. Well, even last year, you know, they, they gave out contracts to Vetrano and Ryan Strom. Yeah, and they gave Klim, Klingberg that deal. And, um, yeah, Vetrano and Strom, like you mentioned. And, I mean, that's that's a pretty sizable investment. And giving Alex Kaloran, who's 34, four-year contract as well, right? And you have Cam Fowler, who's 31 years old now. Gudis is 33. and You do that, it for the culture. 
yeah i mean that's a lot of money for a lot of insulation yes. you know and you know we talked about that in vancouver and it didn't work out as well now i don't know what their what their hopes and dreams are but when you start spending that type of money on free agents i wonder what the expectation should be for a team i mean that's two years you're gonna be that bad and spend that much money yeah why yeah i don't get <laughs> would, it would be sort of my question about it uh all right final segment coming up on canucks central tune in to sportsnet radio friday Soccer report brought to you by Casillero del Diablo wines and the way to be a legend contest. The chance to win a once in a lifetime trip to England for the ultimate Manchester United experience, including a chance to play a football game at Old Trafford where Manchester United legends will make an appearance. No purchase necessary. Conditions apply. Must be legal drinking age. Casillero del Diablo available at BC Liquor. Please enjoy responsibly. Enter in-store or visit CasilleroManchester.com. <laughs> just kind of like rolled in. I don't know. I just, Why did you say Manchester like that? <laughs> it sounded great, though. It just kind of rolled in with the Casillero part. Manchester. <laughs> There's no coming back from that. Sports at 650. The most opinionated Canucks show out there. Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drans. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.